The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Buzz Burbank, news and comment. Monday, August 15th, 2016. From the one-man worldwide newsroom, this is free and independent news on a commercial-free Monday, made possible when you support the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. It was a big weekend for Americans at the Olympics. The U.S. won its thousandth gold medal Saturday night, a milestone no country's ever reached before. The three that put us over that mark came from relay swimmer Simone Manuel and the men's team and Michael Phelps, landing his 23rd and final gold medal. Louisiana has seen more than its share of flooding in its long and storied history, but the governor says this latest round is unprecedented. At least five people are dead after rivers overflowed their banks under heavy rains in the central and southern parts of Louisiana. A spot near Baton Rouge has gotten more than two and a half feet of rainfall in less than a week. More than 17 inches fell there in one day, and it's still raining, putting homes underwater, thousands of them, and doing incalculable damage. Two dozen counties, parishes as they call them there, now declared disaster areas, and a thousand National Guard troops have been brought in. More than 20,000 people were rescued, most by boat, many people who had ignored the evacuation orders. At least 10,000 Louisianans are spending their nights in shelters. In Milwaukee, protesters turned violent for a second straight night last night after police had shot to death a man there on Saturday. Both the suspect and the officer are black. The man, with a long arrest record, was reportedly armed with a stolen handgun and was allegedly fleeing police after a traffic stop. After seeing video of the incident, the mayor says the man without question had a gun in his hand as he faced the officer. Still, drawn out by social media posts, 200 protesters gathered and police say the situation became, quote, very tense. It's been a powder keg summer in Milwaukee. One officer was hurt by a flying brick, one person hit by gunfire from the crowd. Two police cruisers were heavily damaged, one bashed, one burned. A half dozen stores and businesses were destroyed as well. The mayor and even a relative of the dead suspect pleaded with the crowd to stop the violent protest. Quoting the mayor, if you love your son, if you love your daughter, text them, call them, pull them by the ears and get them home. Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker called up the National Guard to try to control the violence. After a turbulent summer of concerns about terrorism and race relations, the economy has returned to the top of the list of voter complaints in the latest survey. Overall, we're feeling better about the state of the nation than we were in June or July when racism and race relations topped that list. In early and mid-summer, Americans were nervous about the number of blacks being killed by police and the number of police being killed on the job. This month, the percentage of Americans satisfied with the way things are going shot up 10% to just over one in four of us looking on the bright side. The August list from Gallup poll data shows the economy as our top concern, now followed by race relations and terrorism. But that list can change day to day along with the headlines. In Georgia, a police officer was shot to death over the weekend, and that shooter is still on the run. Eastman cop Tim Smith was responding to a call about a suspicious person, and he was shot as he stepped out of his cruiser. In New Mexico, three people are in custody after a cop was shot to death there during a traffic stop. A second officer arrived and called for help, then chased the gray Lexus from which the shots had been fired. At one point during the high-speed chase, the suspects carjacked a second vehicle at a rest stop, shooting its driver. Tire-flattening stop sticks were used to disable that second car, at which point the driver surrendered. 
in Arkansas a few days ago. A deputy sheriff was shot to death and a police chief wounded when they answered a domestic violence call. Police say it appears to have been an ambush. Despite its own bulletproof vest, a police dog was also wounded in the incident and ran away. That dog was found over the weekend, dehydrated, but expected to make a full recovery. In New York City, a respected Muslim imam and his associate were shot to death outside a mosque Saturday as they walked home from prayers. A man with a gun approached them from behind and shot them at point-blank range and ran away. That suspect is still on the loose, so police say it's too early to declare this a hate crime. Local Muslims beg to differ. It was an execution-style killing, and the imam had no known enemies. Between them, the victims were carrying $1,000 in cash, and none of that money was taken. The incident led 100 people to gather Saturday night in New York to chant, We Want Justice. Police there say they now have a person of interest in custody. Most Americans are not very happy with the way Arabs and immigrants are treated in this country, according to a new Gallup poll. Specifically, the poll shows that less than half of us are satisfied with the treatment of immigrants, especially Arabs. Gallup says that's down four points from one year ago. The poll shows Americans feeling 4% less satisfied with the way Hispanics are treated. We're even having doubts about the country's treatment of Asian Americans. Satisfaction in that is down 2%. The poll shows we're feeling better about the nation's treatment of African Americans, or at least we were before the shootings of unarmed black men in Louisiana and Minnesota, which is when this survey was actually taken. The poll shows we believe Arabs are getting the worst of it. Still, none of these figures have changed that much, despite all the talk of race, immigrants, terrorism, and a border wall during this year's presidential campaigning. Generally, despite continuing injustices, about half of Americans are satisfied with the country's treatment of minority groups. Guns in America. The nightmare continues. At an upscale mall in Raleigh, North Carolina, it appears two men got into an argument in the food court on a busy Saturday afternoon. According to a witness, one of the men had a handgun and fired five or six shots. Amazingly, no one was wounded. But a number of people were injured as panicked shoppers became a stampede of people trying to get out of the mall. Outside, police closed roads and circled the area with a helicopter. Neither the shooter nor his antagonist were ever found. House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi has had to change her phone number and nearly 200 other Democrats on Capitol Hill are being advised to do the same. They've started getting unwanted calls and texts now that their personal information has been snatched by the same Russian hackers who raided the emails of the Democratic National Committee. As reported here last week, Russian hackers had also invaded the server at the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. There were no embarrassing emails this time, unlike the hack at the DNC that revealed an anti-Bernie bias that forced the resignation of several top DNC officials. But there were phone numbers this time, the private cell phone numbers of over 200 Democratic lawmakers. The key hacker, known as Guccifer 2.0, says he's not finished. Quoting him, it's time for new revelations now. And the Democrats are not the only targets. Guccifer's also apparently hacked Republican emails, but nothing newsworthy, according to the reporters who were given an early peek at the latest stolen documents. Now in its fourth year, with over three million downloads, this is Buzz Burbank News and Comment on the Realm Network. The Wall Street Journal is calling on Donald Trump to either clean up his act or step aside and let running mate Mike Pence run against Hillary Clinton. Polls show that almost any moderate Republican could beat Clinton. The Republican who apparently cannot do it, according to those polls, is Donald Trump. 
Trump over the weekend said he's not running against Clinton. He's running against the media for reporting on the things he said. Donald Trump is known as a multi-billionaire, but is he really? Does he have the money he says he has? What is his income? And does he pay any taxes on it? Any taxes at all? The answers are all still a mystery as Trump continues to be the only presidential candidate in nearly 40 years to keep his tax information hidden from voters. Trump says he cannot release his tax returns because they're being audited by the IRS. The IRS says there is no such rule that Trump can release his returns at any time. Hillary Clinton, meanwhile, and her husband Bill have released their tax forms. We know they made just over $10 million between them last year, each of them bringing home about half. We know they paid more than a third of their income to the IRS at a tax rate of 34.2%. Mrs. Clinton will continue to remind voters of Trump's secret taxes and her theory that he doesn't pay a dime to the IRS. But despite that, and despite calls from other Republicans, including Mitch McConnell and Mitt Romney, Trump continues to hide his income and his taxes from the voters. After saying several times last week that President Barack Hussein Obama was the founder of ISIS, and after saying he meant that seriously and literally, Donald Trump didn't like being called out for spreading that lie. Of the reports on CNN, Trump tweeted, They don't get sarcasm. The candidate now says he was being sarcastic when he firmly claimed Obama founded ISIS with the help of Hillary Clinton. It's not the first time Trump has said something provocative only to backtrack a day or two later saying he was being sarcastic or only joking. And while Trump was going through those motions, President Obama was taking out another leader of the organization Trump says Obama founded. The top ISIS leader in Afghanistan was killed by a U.S. airstrike on July 26th, a killing that was confirmed at about the time Trump was walking back his latest outrageous claim over the weekend. ISIS is growing in Afghanistan, but U.S.-led forces have taken out several of the group's top leaders. U.S. officials say this latest death will further hurt ISIS recruiting and prevent future attacks in the U.S. Near the Syrian border in Iraq, the U.S. coalition killed the commander in charge of ISIS oil operation, which supplies money to the terror group. Donald Trump has finally addressed the Zika virus for the first time in public, saying he doubts much can be done to stop it, but that he thinks Congress should and will pass a billion-dollar funding program for Zika. Hillary Clinton's also called on Congress to pass a Zika bill. Democrats and Republicans agree on this. What kept Congress from passing such a bill before embarking on its extended summer vacation was a roadblock thrown out by Democrats after Republicans attached a rider to the Zika bill that would have cut federal funding for Planned Parenthood, a totally unrelated matter. While over three-quarters of Americans say they're not worried about Zika, they're also not letting it affect their travel plans. A new survey shows the Zika scare is not causing people to change their plans to travel to Florida. The University of Florida survey shows that fewer than 10% of Americans plan to cancel their expected trips to the Sunshine State, even though it has the most Zika cases so far. There are now 25 cases in Florida, nearly all of them confined to a one-square-mile area north of Miami. Texas is putting up a fight against the federal government's call for transgender rights for public school students. Texas is one of 13 red states suing the Education Department over guidelines directing schools to allow transgender students to use the restrooms that match their gender identities. The lawsuit argues the feds have no constitutional right to issue such a directive. The Obama administration says it's simply enforcing an already existing law known as Title IX, which bans discrimination based on sex at any institution that gets federal funds. 
A court hearing on the lawsuit started Friday and continues today. A couple of Kansas City lawyers are telling the courts that if their client must be put to death, give him gas, not lethal injection. The attorneys say Ernest Lee Johnson, who killed three people in a store robbery 22 years ago, is not like other inmates. They argue there is scar tissue on Johnson's brain from a tumor removal eight years ago that will, with the injection, cause violent and uncontrollable seizures. The attorneys claim that's unconstitutionally cruel and unusual punishment. They say nitrogen gas will slip their client into unconsciousness and death without such a reaction. But Missouri prosecutors aren't buying this. They say they don't think the injection will cause seizures and that there's no guarantee gas wouldn't be just as painful. Besides, Missouri doesn't have a gas chamber. Johnson's lawyers say he could instead be outfitted with some kind of hood or mask. That, they say, for this client would be more humane than the injection. The British actor who played R2-D2 in the original Star Wars movies died over the weekend at the age of 81. At 3'8", Kenny Baker's roots were in vaudeville, and Star Wars producer George Lucas says Baker was a real gentleman who always made people laugh. The 20th Century Fox Twitter account called him the heart and soul of R2-D2. And finally, from our I don't mind the itching department, while people in the Western Hemisphere do what they can to avoid mosquitoes this year, people in Russia are wearing their bug bites as a badge of honor. Usually this time of year, the town of Berezniki is offering prizes to people who can bring in jars containing the most mosquitoes. But it's been unusually dry in the Ural Mountains this year, so mosquitoes aren't as numerous as in other years. So this year, the competition in Berezniki was for the person who showed up with the most mosquito bites. A nine-year-old girl won. For the 43 bites, she got on her legs while out berry-picking with her mom. Her prize? A ceramic cup for being the tastiest girl. I'm Buzz Burbank. Thank you for listening, and thanks for supporting the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. I'll be back tomorrow with another Buzz Burbank News and Comments. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.